0: Thank you for listening and welcome to the Life Radio Show. A proud member of the SJ Network and Breaking the Fourth Wall Entertainment. I'm your host, Don Smith. For this episode, I get to speak with Columbus-area stand-up comic Stevie J. We talk comedy, COVID, video games, and very big snakes. If you enjoy the show, like and follow the Life 1069 on Facebook and Don Smith Comedy on Twitter or tune in live on Tuesdays from 7 to 9 p.m. on WWSU 106.9 FM, or you can stream the show live at WWSU1069.org.
1: The brutal presence overwhelms me.
0: A brutal presence overwhelms me. This podcast is part of the S J Network. Go to s-j-network.com for more great podcasts and for contact information on publicist Steve Joyner. All right, hey, welcome to the Life Radio Show. I'm your host Don Smith. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing here. We're we're uh, we're still zooming. Everything's still shut down. There's a vaccine on the way. It's been rushed through. It's probably going to turn us all into zombies, and I can't wait for that honestly because I, that's really. I've been this this whole apocalypse thing this thus far has been very anticlimactic. I mean, I'm I'm ready for the zombies to come out. I think that's I think that's the only thing that we're missing from this whole end of the world scenario right now. Anyway, my guest is already on with me, uh, Stevie J from Columbus, Ohio, comedian. What's happening, sir?
1: What up? What's going on? How's, how, how are you doing during this apocalypse uh? you
0: know, I'm surviving. Yeah, I'm I'm surviving. I'm not doing a whole lot different than I was doing before. Just a right. lot less, a lot less comedy.
1: <laughs> yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from with that. Yeah,
0: there's that's still cool. plenty. There's still plenty of humor, but not not as much comedy.
1: Right, I totally understand. Uh, there's some funny moments, but it's mostly sad. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> as long as you're powering through, that's that's what's up, man.
0: Yeah, I, I think the sad is what makes some of the funniest moments.
1: Yeah, uh, when I have had the opportunity to, you know, perform, most of my funniest stuff is through the sadness of this pandemic. You know, people can relate, so,
0: you know, they like the sad because it's funny. Oh, yeah. So how long have you been performing comedy?
1: Uh, As of uh, last month in November, I've been doing it for five years now.
0: Oh, just hit the five-year anniversary, so...
1: Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I'm excited about that. It's been a really great journey. Uh, it's, it hasn't always been smooth sailing, as you know, being a comedian. But you know, it it definitely uh, gave me uh, tougher skin. And I love to write. I love to perform. And it's something I'm so happy that I, I got involved in a
0: few years back. Yeah. What What made you get involved? What made, What gave you that final push to say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do this?
1: Uh, well. Um. I kind of went through like a, a messy breakup a few years back. Uh, and, uh, you know, one of the things that, you know, my ex would complain about is, well, you don't listen and you don't listen to me and this, that, and the third. And, you know, I'd always think back to some of the stuff that she would say. And one of the things that she would say was, you're pretty funny. You should try comedy. So I said, you know what? I already lost a woman. I already lost my family. What else do I have to lose? So I went to open mic and the rest is history.
0: See, and, and she thought you didn't listen. Exactly. And that's <laughs> the first thing I told her. Like, you see, I did listen. I did yeah. listen. Yep, you heard what was important, and that's all that matters.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, listening to her and taking her advice, it, it's, it's really changed my life. So I can appreciate her for breaking my heart, but also opening the door to a whole new life. Absolutely. Well,
0: that's, that's, that's a good way to look at it, is that you can appreciate them for actually putting you in that position.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: because I mean, that that's the that's the kind of stuff that breeds comics anyway.
1: Yeah. I mean, like uh, I was feeling some type of way when we broke up. I was, you know, kind of depressed and whatnot. So it feels like, you know, most comedians, they come from some dark place initially, and then they yeah. end up finding light at the end of the tunnel through comedy. So that's that's kind of what it was.
0: Yeah, it's a wonderful defense mechanism.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> the, the only thing that bothers me, and I think any comedian, and maybe even you will agree, is that when you tell people like, "Hey, do comedy," they immediately say, "Well, say something funny." Like you have oh, to be on yeah. time, and I hate that. Sometimes I don't feel like being goofy, you know. Like especially at work, when people initially found out I was a comedian, like they always um. Like, hey, say something funny, do something funny. Oh yeah. And I'm not in the mood to make Gerald laugh at seven in the morning. I'm sorry, it's not I don't have a bit ready for yeah before I have my coffee. So, you know.
0: Yeah, and you shouldn't have to. There, there's not a lot of other professions that have to deal with that, you know. You don't yeah, find right. you don't I mean, find out somebody's a mechanic and go, Hey, change my tire. You know <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, you know, you don't see a guy, you know who come to find out as a musician and just immediately say, well, play
0: something before me, like
1: I yeah. have my guitar, you know? So it's, it's one of those things where people expect you to always be on and be some kind of like a talking clapping, dancing monkey. But I'm, I'm not yeah. the one. I don't do that. I don't do that.
0: Which is weird. Cause comedians, when they're not on stage for the most part are not at all, those type of people. They
1: are not. And I'm not that either. I mean, what I say on stage With my name is just like the wildest thing I could ever think of. But when I'm off stage, I'm a little bit, well, actually I'm a lot of a different, you know, like I am still kind of loud and vulgar, but at the same time, you know, I'm kind of sensitive. I'm kind of quiet more often than not. So when I go on stage and I'm on, I get to let loose. But when I'm off stage, you know, I'm not really in the mood to entertain. I'm just hanging out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it feels good to go off because I'm i about the same person on stage as I am off. It's just when I'm on stage, I'm a lot angrier.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I could do that. I could definitely do that as well. I could be angrier or louder. is most of the things that I usually, you know, uh, flip to, uh, to 100, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. Is that kind of the
0: same, is more well? I started, I'd been been going through a a marital crisis for the past year and a half. So my my Mm -hmm. comedy on stage has become a lot more aggressive and a lot more angry. (laughs)
1: Because
0: that's that's the kind of stuff that, because I mean, most of us, that's where we find our humor is from the things that happen to us. I mean, there are very few that do one-liners that are just jokes they wrote, but the majority Mm -hmm. of us, we're talking about our lives.
1: That's right. That's right. I mean, uh, I get a lot of people like after I perform, they're like, did that really happen? Did you really do that? And about 90 percent of it, it really happened. I tell them like it it really happened. I wouldn't want to lie to you guys. I mean, if anything, that 10 percent is like kind of maybe sprinkling, you know, emphasis on this, that and the third, like just kind of to, you know, sensationalize it. But more right. often than not, it really happened, and I don't feel like I have to lie about it. I'm telling you guys that on stage, and it really happened, or this is just genuinely how I feel.
0: So, yeah, you know. yeah, that that ten percent, I call that punching it up for the laugh. That's that's. You're, there you you're go. Just, you're, it's not a lie. It's just you're you're looking. That's how you're seeing it.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I, I I totally
0: feel that too. So yeah, you're right. Yeah.
1: Punching it up, I'm, I remember that. I'm, I'm, I might have to steal that
0: one. Yeah, there you're. <laughs> you're welcome to it. But That's no, it. A, a comedy to, it, to me, it just always it's a very honest art.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: If it's good. good,
1: if it's good, I mean, yeah. um, it's one of those things where I've, I've always been like attached to it. I just never really thought that I would pursue it. I just like the whole act of it's one person on stage microphone and you know you're just telling you know your life story and things about right. you and you're opening it up to, to everybody to you know to consume and to enjoy so I mean I've always had a thing for it
0: and now, I, I, is I, that I, where you started as a performer was there something else that led into that or well well
1: um, well uh, I had dreams of being a rapper in high school being my brother okay. and my best friend. We called ourselves rappers. We didn't even have a name for our group. It was just a bunch of guys in a uh, in studio fooling around. And, you know, that was it as far as entertaining goes. Like, we didn't do, like, too many shows. Uh, I mean, I think uh, one of my few performances as a musician was once in, like, a rap battle. And this guy just obliterated me in front <laughs> of everybody. So embarrassed I did not rap in front of a crowd ever again. So... You know, it started with the music, I love music, but then I, I just kind of took a backseat to performing all together and just, you know, tried to worry about, you know, work and my education, things like that. And then, you know, when I was put in that position to where I could, you know, maybe try to perform again in a different way than what I was used to, I, I just went into it and yeah, I, I love it. I love it. Awesome, I, I prefer to be the comedian than the rapper now because... You know, more often than not, everybody wants to be a rapper. <laughs> so get yeah. most people that I would go to be a rapper. So it's cool yeah, I, I
0: I love all kinds of music. I tried several different instruments. I sucked at every one of them. So I'll just keep being a comic too.
1: Yeah, and that's <laughs> another thing too. Like, you know, when you're a comedian, you don't really have to, you know, you know, practice. I mean, you can. You're supposed
0: to. No, you, you, should, you do. Like, you just call that an open mic.
1: Exactly, you know, just uh, I call it, you know, sharpening my sword. You know, we, yep. you know, you're a gladiator, sharpening your sword, and you know, when when you're a musician, it's there's a lot of preparation into that. And with me as a comedian, my only preparation is, you know, you write a few jokes, make a little set list. If you like it, you will say it. Then you you say it, and that's it. So right. I, I like it because it's very it's minimal prep involved with being a comedian
0: yeah that, there there is prep, but it's all you, there is. you can do that on yeah, exactly because exactly. i uh I actually came from a theater background is how I got started oh. in comedy because i i mm-hmm. didn't have time theater that you're talking three four months commitment
1: mhm
0: and i just i didn't have the time. i love theater more than anything, but i didn't have the time for that, so that's why. I started performing stand up because it was still a chance to get on stage. I just didn't right. have to coordinate with 30 other people to rehearse.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. And there's like, with theater, there's so many moving parts, you know, you yeah. got to worry about, you know, the production, you got to worry about the actors, you know, you got to worry about all these things that are connected to, to pull off this production and make it happen with being a comedian, it's, it's really just you. I mean, if you yeah. can, you know, go to a couple of mics and fine tune what you've been working on, you know, that's it. That's really all that it is in theater. Yeah. It can be a lot of things. It's, it's a yeah. lot of things.
0: Well, that's, cool. that's why I've always had such a fascination with both because I mean mm-hmm. comedy, you're right. That that's you. It's, it's you going up, yeah. working on your own thing. It's a, it's a solo performance.
1: That's right. It's uh, you're just kind of selling yourself for yeah. whatever time that you're in, and and just getting the audience to buy in to what you write. Because I think it's funny, and I say it on stage. I'm I'm kind of selling you the idea of it being funny to you. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's all about selling yourself for sure.
0: Well, yeah, and and there there's there's a great deal of theater involved in that too. Yes, I, a lot of theatrics. I, then, I have I have a lot of jokes that I tell that if I just told them straight faced without the underlying anger, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be funny.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, it's all about yeah. I mean, you're right. When you go on stage and you're performing, I mean, you, there's a um, you know there's things that go into you know making it theatrical and, and giving people a show. You know, I try to yeah. be high energy. You know, because in Real life, I'm not that. So I feel like I try to to wake people up. I, I love yeah. to go on stage. and if somebody is like very mono before me or you know something like that, I immediately want to get on there and just wake up. you know it's like a quick you know adrenaline rush of yeah, just chucks. that's that's what I'm going for,
2: well, that
0: yeah, way. especially like you said, if you're following somebody that that's that's very low energy, Mm. I, I love, I'm the same way. I love to go up there with that burst. And yeah. And I get their I attention somebody, out of it.
1: Yeah. I personally love when they're low energy, uh, before me. Cause I'm like, all right, great. So <laughs> I can definitely give them something way different than what they got before.
0: And absolutely.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I just put on a good show for sure.
0: Cause yeah. Especially with a long open mic where you have, you know, 14 mm-hmm. comics going up. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. the Where I typically go to, uh, Shrugging Head, you know, yeah. shout out everybody there. There's like, uh, the open mic is usually about like uh, 20-some-odd comics. So you got, oh, yeah. you know, two hours of time where, you know, it's a lot of different styles, a lot of personalities, and a lot of things that go into it. So you got to keep people you know engaged and sometimes i go on wait and sometimes they're kind of giving up on the whole comedy thing at this point because they (laughs) sat through you know 10 comedians who either are just trying out they don't know what they're doing or you know they just really aren't that well prepared and so when i get on there i'm like you know i'm gonna make them appreciate sticking around this long and uh give them a good show and, and try to get them to appreciate local talent because there's a lot of it here. There's a lot of great comedians here, not even just comedy. I mean, just the arts in Columbus. is it's really, yeah. really cool. So, you know, we want to make sure that people continue to patronize local artists and, you know, hopefully one day when that person becomes something, they, that person who saw them at that open mic was like, Oh, I remember that guy or I remember that lady. And they were hilarious. And I knew they were making it. So, definitely want to support your local artists and give them something to, to be proud of.
0: Well, yeah, that, that's one of the things I always try to tell people is because of course, being involved, involved with Wiley's, everybody says, well, who are the big names you have coming through? And it's like, well, check out some of the not big names. Cause those will be yeah. the big names someday.
1: Absolutely.
0: And you can afford to see them now.
1: <laughs> that's right. You know, it's like, uh, it's like, uh, my good friend, Nick Glasser says like, Hey, you know, sooner or later you know this might be your last time seeing us before we we, we go famous you know we're all going to be famous soon so get in now before you know somebody else kind of swoops in and, and puts a star on us so yeah yeah that,
0: that well, that, that's fun. what that's what a lot of people don't understand about the smaller clubs because they're they're mm-hmm. they're wanting to see if they can go to a, a jeff foxworthy or you know some of these mm-hmm. you know any of the big names and it's like these are people that are going to sell out a 10,000 seat arena at a hundred bucks a pop. Why are That's they right. going to be playing at a, a 200 seat comedy club?
1: That's exactly right. I mean, uh, this I don't is know where why.
0: you see the locals that are coming up that are going yeah. to get there at some point.
1: And I wouldn't want to have, you know, 200 people, you know, stacked in there to see some famous person when they can easily, the speaker can easily go anywhere else. And, and sell it out. I like the smaller crowds and the smaller venues because it is more intimate and, you know, you get to see talent that you normally don't see on a national stage. You, you find some jewels in there. You find some diamonds in the rough, yeah. and I, I love it a lot. It's, I like it. And I've seen these big shows. I mean, I, I'm a comedian. I'm also a fan of comedy, and they're all right. But, you know, smaller venues and, and, and smaller crowds kind of into that. Now I wouldn't be opposed to a, a sold-out 100-seat arena. But right. the time being, I'll definitely i would definitely rock any sort of crowd. I, I appreciate any shot I get. So
0: oh, yeah. I don't as, as long as they're there to laugh and have fun, that's, that's the best crowd there is. I don't care if that's it's fair. 10 or 3,000. It's it's If they're there to enjoy comedy, it's going to be a good crowd.
1: Yeah. No, totally. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: I've had great crowds of six people and I've had terrible crowds of 50.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That sounds about right though. It sounds right.
0: Or maybe it was just me. (laughs) Maybe I just had an off night when there were 50 people. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Well, the thing is like, um, I've had shows where there's been maybe 15 people in there and I get them to laugh. As much as possible, so it sounds like there's, you know, maybe fifty in there. And then yeah. there's some times where I've had the big crowd, and it sounds like maybe five people <laughs> are laughing. But yeah. I feel like it's a win-win. If I get anybody to laugh, it, I, I'm, I'm gonna take that. And I love uh, spit takes too. So if anybody watches me perform and I see them spit out their drink, I know I got somebody involved. That's my favorite.
0: <laughs> yeah, that those are those are wonderful. <laughs> they are but, uh, yeah. I, I haven't. I haven't gotten out to Columbus for a lot of comedy I'm going to have to okay. I'm definitely going to have to hit, get to the shrunken head. I've heard about it many times, a lot of friends getting mm-hmm. out there from Dayton to perform, and I've just oh yeah I just ha- I've headed the other direction a few times. I've been to Indianapolis mm-hmm. a few times out in Chicago, mm-hmm. and yeah out the, the other direction just haven't made it over to Columbus.
1: Yeah. And you know what? I'm kind of the opposite way where I'm just more based in Columbus, but I want to go to all of the other venues around, not just the state, but maybe even just the country itself. Uh, A lot of local comics, they make that week to go to the big cities and some of them do very well. And, you know, I would like to do that at one point, but, you know, right now still, you know, honing my craft. I mean, five years. It's kind of a long time. I've had some people call me a vet and I still feel kind of green. But, um, you know, yeah, I, but five, I would like Five to do
0: years, it. five, even I've been almost seven years. It's still, I'm still a little, I'm still a little green. <laughs> oh, yeah. I
1: mean, it, it, there's always room for improvement. So, you know, I'm not really in a rush to go out and cut my teeth at some of the big spots. But one day I wish to do that. But, I mean, mm-hmm. if you want to check out Columbus, you know, for sure, Shrungin' is where it's at. I love uh, the bar staff. I love the host, the the location. I mean, it's just a really cool place to be. And pre-COVID, it was actually a place for all kinds of entertainment, you know, not just comedy. You have open mics for vocal uh, vocal musicians as well. So it's a great spot. You got to check this out, man. Yeah,
0: it's it's on my list. It's on my to-do list next year when hopefully things start opening up again and getting a little more regular. Uh, One of the things I did, it's 2019, was uh, probably, as far as comedy, was my busiest year. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I did that you might consider, I mean, there's an entry fee, but the World Series of Comedy.
1: Yeah, I was interested in doing that. And I I think I forgot what happened. It just maybe took me a little while to submit my video or something along that lines. But I was willing to definitely do that. And it sounded really exciting. And I was all for it. I just didn't fall through on it, and yeah. I mean, if there was ever opportunity for it to happen again, I would certainly uh, put my money up, put my video up, and and try it out. And uh, oh yeah, I'm,
0: I'm I'm sure it'll come through. I'm sure it'll come through. It's been going on about uh, I think 12 or 13 years now. But the the main reason I entered into it, I didn't have any dreams of winning. I wanted to make the connections. I wanted to get out and perform some other places I don't think I would have been able to perform at Zanies in Chicago if I didn't join up with a World Series of Comedy mm-hmm. unfortunately shortly afterward I was disqualified because they found out I'm part owner of a comedy club <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean I'm sure it sucks <laughs>
1: it sounds like it's like a complicated interest I mean is that one of the reasons why they, they didn't let you in? That's,
0: that's what they said it's like well I'm not right. performing at my own club
1: no. No. But I guess they just feel like, well, you know, he's uh he's a promoter, he's an owner, something along those lines. I guess they just want strictly performers there, I guess. I mean I yeah. don't know,
0: I don't just, know what you Because I don't I don't book the club. I don't you know and well anymore I'm I'm fairly well disconnected. I let my general manager run everything. I just
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
0: I just do paperwork and take you know approve stuff. Yep, you're good. Do whatever you want. Stuff. <laughs> the stuff.
1: The the adult stuff for sure. Right, right. <laughs> All the adult stuff. Yeah.
0: Right. I, I'm going. I'm going to have to get to perform there eventually again because it's just. It's been it's been a weird year. I've uh, I have performed mm-hmm. two shows this year. One in January, and then I was actually planning on taking a break to uh, get involved in theater again, mm-hmm. and then the COVID kind of destroyed all that because it shut down all the theaters. So, so much for that. Yeah,
1: Yeah, that, that code, it, it it really put the brakes on everything. I mean, like you said before with your comedy career in 2019, 2019 may not have just been my best year of comedy, but it might've just been my best year period. Cause I was always busy. I had consistently booked shows throughout the whole year. I was doing, festivals i was doing contests i was doing you know the big venue clubs here like the funny bone things like that and everything was going well then january came around and i had booked for the first time ever three shows in one week so i'm thinking wow you know (laughs) i think 29 i think 2020 is gonna be my year and then cut to (laughs) to march (laughs) (laughs) and it's all bad but you know um
0: See that—that that was my—that was my 2019. I think I—I I think I did like a, I think I did like I think i did a two-week stretch, 14 days, and I had 12 shows in 14 days.
1: Oh, that's dope. That's pretty
0: cool. Work. So yeah, I was 2019. I was busy, and I also—I think I did two films that year too, two or three. Oh, nice. Nice. So, yeah, I've, 2019 was definitely a uh, extremely busy year for me, and. 2020 has been uh, heartbreaking but at the same time a fairly welcome break <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah I mean if you're that busy maybe taking that you know a little time yeah. off wouldn't be a bad thing with me yeah. I just kind of feel like I was turning the corner I was like wow it's really like I'm really popping yeah. right now I'm like a big deal now and then all of a sudden it just it just dried up and like shows this year after January I think I've only been on um, uh, two. And that's
0: it. that is it yeah I, I did a show in January at the club, and then about two months ago, I did a show at a local bar uh, around the area, and that's that's all I've done and i I could probably do more. i just I have so much going on actually with i've I've had interviews for this radio show every night this week, so no, <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm always Stay staying busy. busy with something. If it's what somebody told me did a while back, say every time you take a break from something, you replace it with something else. It's like, yeah, I get bored if I don't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, got to mix it up for sure, for sure.
0: Yeah, because I was only doing two episodes of this show per week up until mm-hmm. March, and now I'm now I'm doing four. So,
1: wow, well that's good. And and again, I'm I'm happy to be. Here. I'm happy to happy to be uh, on. It's it's great. It's good film.
0: Oh yeah, well, it's, it's it's good to talk to you and get to know you. Do you have any shows coming up you want to you want to promote or talk about? Or?
1: I have none, but um, I'm hoping. To, <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: exactly. I'm, I'm hoping to, to, to flip that around if somebody hears me on the show or if they, you know, they check me out anywhere else. You know, but as of now, no. I wish I did have something to promote or at least a friend show to promote, but right now I got nothing. I got, I got nothing.
0: It'll, it'll happen. It's the holidays. It's the holidays.
1: Yeah, and that too.
0: Uh, it's the holidays. It's kind of slow, but you
1: know, uh, there is like, there was a Christmas show going on for a while, but I, I imagine because of the COVID, they're probably not even going to do that either. Yeah. So um, I don't know.
0: I know we, we still have shows at, at, at Wiley's. It's just they're, uh, they're very okay. limited seating, very limited people, and we don't, there aren't a whole, there aren't a whole lot of comics right now that are touring just because of everything yeah. that's going on. There are so many clubs that are shut down throughout the country right now. It's just it's – a, it's a tough time for performers of, of anything in general right now.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's just been a weird time, like, all together. It's just been weird. But, uh,
0: oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, <laughs> I,
1: I think we'll get over it. But I think, uh, I think you know, eventually, you know – Things will go back to normal. It's just going to take longer than expected. I'm a little bit shocked that it's lasted this long, personally, yeah. but I think it's. I think we're. I think good things are on the horizon, and I'm optimistic about it. You
0: know. Oh yeah, well, you, you have to be. You have to stay that way. And i well, we've, like I told somebody, because I've, I've heard everybody say, well, this is the new normal now. It's kind of Nothing's going back. It's like we've had pandemics more yeah. in the world. Well, exactly we've gone back to where we can shake hands and we can hug again. It'll be there. It'll be there. And, we'll remember. I, just,
1: I hate that phrase too. With, oh, yeah. This is the new normal. No, I mean, normal is definitely not walking around with a mask. It's definitely no. not visiting your elderly loved ones through a sheet of glass because right. you don't want to potentially, you know, spread something that is unseen and, you know, for right. a while, it's kind of hard to detect until the, the, the tracing and the, the testing kind of ramped up. But uh, I don't like that phrase, and I don't yeah, want this either. to be normal because <laughs> it's not normal. It's, it's weird to me. I'm not used to it. I, I mean, a little bit I am, but I don't like it. It's not normal, and I'm not going to accept this as the new way of life. I think that right. eventually, like you said, we've had pandemics before. I mean, we'll bounce back. It's, it's yeah. going to happen.
0: Yeah, this this is a temporary inconvenience that's got a lot of mm-hmm. people upset, and that's totally understandable, but we'll get through it. We'll come out on the other side, and most of us will probably still be human.
1: Yes, I would hope there's no sort of weird mutations going on, <laughs> nothing like that. No, if there is, I would hope that my mutation is just growing more hair on the top of my head, because I have not had hairline in about 10 years, <laughs> so...
0: I can, I can live with that. I can live with that. I've got some thinning up there. If I had more hair up there, you know.
1: All I don't right. need well, any I more on I'm
0: I'm the face. I'm, I'm covered on the face. We're good. I,
1: <laughs> I think you're good with the face for sure. I mean, I, I'm pretty decent with my face hair, but yours, as you know, that, that's, that's heavy duty, man. It's heavy duty. I, I admire it. I admire
0: it. Well, I, I appreciate that. I always, I always appreciate a fellow beard admirer. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. How long have
0: you been growing yours out, man? Uh, about three and a half years. I was down uh, about three and a half years ago. Not even three and, <laughs> and a half years ago. It was October of twenty seventeen. I was oh, okay. barefaced. I did. I had a beard before, but I shaved it off because at the club mm-hmm. we did a uh, we did a dead comics tribute show. Yes. And I shaved my beard off all the way down to my face. I kept the sideburns. And I mm-hmm. did a tribute to John Belushi.
1: Oh yeah, nice, <laughs> very nice.
0: Yeah, I committed to the. I still have a scar on my arm from where I rolled off the stage as part of the bit, and because uh, <laughs> if I'm going, if I'm going to commit enough to shave my beard off for it, I'm going to go ahead and just beat myself add up.
1: A, yeah, <laughs> add a scar to it, and and it's Belushi. I mean, if you're going to pay tribute to him, he's always. He's always, you know, a hundred percent anyway. So oh, absolutely. you got yeah. to go full tilt. You, you got to because it's yeah. Belushi.
0: Uh, I, my my performance was uh, John Belushi uh, doing his performance as uh, oh, what the heck is his name? <laughs> um, I can't I can't think of his name. The singer that's going to drive me nuts now. Okay.
1: Uh, and now I'm thinking about it.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, Joe Cocker. Joe Cocker. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it it was fabulous. There I believe there is actually a video on YouTube of this performance as well. And it is it is terrible. It is terrible. But so you, you gotta send me the
1: link. You send me the link, man. I'll check it yep, out for sure.
0: Absolutely not. Anybody anybody watches no. that they have to earn it by searching for it.
1: <laughs> All right. I mean I got I got plenty of time. The YouTube is always up. I mean one of these days. I'm be
0: up like yo. Where's that video?
1: Find it, find it.
0: All right, I I think we're going to take a short break, uh, so the radio station can make some money. And uh, Mm -hmm. when we come back, we're going to do so. We're going to discuss some news stories with Stevie J. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Life Radio Show.
1: Hey, hey, hey. She said
0: she was done. She said she
2: was done with me But the
1: end was something I couldn't comprehend
0: Oh see Sometimes you've got to take the bull by the horns and the monkey My his to heal.
1: A giraffe by its neck, and I don't know what you'd grab on a whale, but I do know this she'll be back to me someday, cause I stole her insulin. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Chris Ristali of Breaking the Fourth Wall. If you enjoy our show, you can find it on YouTube. Just look up Realm of the Mist Entertainment or just look up Realm of the Mist Entertainment on Anchor.fm, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, or wherever quality podcasts can be heard. And also you can find us on all the social medias. Just look for Realm of the Mist Entertainment. And I will catch you on the other side.
0: Hey, this is Don Smith. I want to take a minute to tell you about The Devil's Apple, a new book by my friend William Morris. It's the true and brutally honest story about Bill's own battle with addiction. It was written for those struggling to overcome addiction as well as those watching a loved one struggle. In Bill's own words, you work just as hard to be an addict as you do to be clean and sober. You can find The Devil's Apple on Amazon.com and for a limited time you can get it for free on the Kindle app.
2: I was talking to this one woman for a little while, and like, uh, this is just it does not code for anything. I don't do good, obviously. You've seen me up here, right? You hear me talk? Like, you know, she's like, I'm still friends with 85% of my ex boyfriends. And all I could think is 85% requires a divisor of at least 20. That's. That is as far as you can break that fraction down, right there. It's like 17 over 20, 85%. What if she meant like 34 out of 40 or 153 boyfriends out of 180? I don't care how you break it down. She's had way too many dudes in her denominator. That's.
0: All right. Hey, welcome back to the Life Radio Show. I'm your host, Don Smith. We are still Zooming along with Stevie J, a comedian out of Columbus, Ohio. You still with us? You still doing good?
1: Doing good. I'm hanging in, man. Hanging All right.
0: I, al- I always have to check before the news stories because sometimes, sometimes the news stories get a little weird.
1: Okay, I'm bracing my stuff right now.
0: (laughs) Although the the first one's not really weird, it's just kind of cool. We'll dive right into it. Xbox celebrated an update to popular game Destiny 2 for the Xbox Series X by projecting the game on the side of a Colorado mountain and breaking a Guinness World Record. Guinness said Xbox projected a 19,090, 90, a 19,090 square foot screen on the side of Copper Mountain and Frisco for snowboarder Grant Giller to play Destiny 2 Beyond Light, a newly released expansion to the 2017 game. The projection broke the record for the world's largest projected video game display. Xbox released a video showing Giller sitting on a couch uh, placed to face the side of the mountain while playing. Uh, I have covered a lot of Guinness World Record-breaking stories, and this is probably the coolest one.
1: (laughs) It, It definitely sounds cool. My only gripe is the game that he chose to project yeah, yeah. it. Yeah,
0: I'm not, I'm not familiar with it. I, I'm not an Xbox player. I'm not, a, I'm not really a console gamer these days, but... Uh, no,
1: it's, uh, it's funny you mention Xbox because I love Xbox. I get a lot of flack because I live in a PlayStation household you uh, with my roommates yeah. and whatnot, but I love <laughs> it. I love it a lot. You know, we're not like... You know, we're not like there's no gang war over here where it's team, you know, Xbox versus PlayStation, but I love it. I, my thing is why Destiny too? because I hear it's not that great. It's because it's not
0: Wait, yeah. I, I haven't heard anything about it, so uh, I mean, I, I guess they're going to they, they go all out for their expansion release, I guess.
1: Uh, well, it's made by EA if you're unfamiliar okay. with it, and they are known. For the microtransaction, which if you're me, uh-huh. a gamer, you're always going to get hit with some of these. Like, hey, you know, especially EA. Like, hey, you like this game? Yeah, I like this game. Hey, so did you want to get this really cool thing in the game? Absolutely. It wasn't it cost you <laughs> 59.99. And I'm like, man, come on! Like they, oh, yeah. they will milk you. And sometimes it's worth it. Sometimes it's not. Like uh, the game that I'm really into is. um Apex Legends. A lot of my, my roommates and friends and family, they know that. And it's one of those games where it's free to play. It's absolutely free. You can download it for free. It's first-person shooter. Battle Royal, it's so much fun. But to like really enjoy it, EA has tacked on the microtransactions. So for a game that's free in the past year, I think I've spent maybe like 200 bucks on it. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's pretty mad.
0: I, I, used to, I used to be the, a Warcraft player, World of Warcraft oh, back in the day. I had a
1: roommate who was I, really into that. Really I, into
0: I that. still have an account. I think I logged on a month ago just to see if it was still active.
1: <laughs> oh, no, it is. I mean, there's still people who, who, who go hard on there.
0: To make sure my account was still active. Because, yeah, I know oh, there's yeah. still a lot of WoW players out there. But oh, it was, oh, yeah. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a cool game, but they have that thing where uh, – there are people you can pay money, real money, to play the game for you. I heard about that. To mm-hmm. level you up. It's like, why mm-hmm. aren't you playing the game to play the game? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> makes like, no
1: hell, it, it's really weird. You know, me and my brother, my brother, avid gamer. Like, he goes all out for any game that just comes out. Like, he's the type of guy – if the game comes out, he doesn't just want the regular I'll go to Walmart and pick up the game. Oh, no. He's got to have the full-on collector's edition with a statue and oh, yeah. all this other weird stuff. And, um, you know, we were talking about it the other day, and he's like, yo, games are way different now because it's all, you know, it's, it's, it's a big business, obviously, but it's oh, yeah. more money-driven now than ever. So if there's a way to pay somebody to grind for you, I'm pretty sure that yeah there's all kinds of ways that video games can get money out of you so oh yeah you know.
0: absolutely and I don't think World of Warcraft is all that bad, but I mean as as far as that kind of micro uh, transaction. Whatever, micro transaction goes, but yeah, there are a lot I mean you can buy a lot of little special things for it and Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, there for a while, uh, I guess, in its heyday, you could buy weapons for the game like on eBay. Really? You would pay real money for it on eBay, and then you would hook up with whoever this player is that you just bought it from. You'd hook up mm-hmm. with them in-game, and they'd give this to you. Wow.
1: I mean, have you done that? Have you done that before? before? I have.
0: Before? not. No, okay. I have not. I've never played. Paid somebody to play my game for me. <laughs> right.
1: I don't. I don't think I can do that. I've never like, spent. I mean,
0: I've never spent money to buy fake game money.
1: <laughs> well, I can't raise my hand for that. Like I said, like uh, yeah, uh, I, it's it's ridiculous how much I pay, but it does make the game a smidge more enjoyable. Um, uh, because you're like, Hey, check out this you know, this this gun skin that I got or this character skin that I got that right. you didn't know where I got that from and you know, things like that. It makes it cool, but it's definitely avoidable. It's avoidable, oh, yeah. but some of it I don't know, it's unavoidable and it's at, at least at
0: least with work with World of Warcraft I think most things that you can pay real money for, most of those things you can get in game. You just have to work your butt off to get them.
1: Oh, so people are just lazy, and they have...
0: Um, Yeah, exactly.
1: They have have expendable money, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I think that's kind of the fun part about it. That's what me and my brother were talking about, is just playing the game and enjoying the game and unlocking things organically, as opposed to, well, I got to pay for this, and I got to do that. I mean, I think that part of it sucks, but... You no know, well, yeah, games are cool. They're just a little different now. Little
0: yeah, different. yeah, you want to you want to build your own stuff up. You don't want to have to exactly. Uh, uh,
1: Isn't it more I, enjoyable I, that way anyway? When you you know you start from the bottom. You know, I, like I would think.
0: I would think. Because but I guess there are some people that they just they just want to come in and play and have it easy and start at the mm-hmm. top and be the high level character. And it's like just I don't get that.
1: It's whack. In a word, Man. whack. I'm just, there you go. There
0: you go. I'm, I'm going to that, that, <laughs> <laughs> write down this 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 is how I name my episode titles. Is yeah. something random gets said. So I think this episode title just might be in a word whack.
1: In a word <laughs> whack. Well, I mean, I, I don't know if anybody's gonna click on it if it says, Well, this is a whack episode, but I would still go for it for sure. No, just whack.
0: it's in a word whack. <laughs> It could mean anything. With, that, that's the thing. It could mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> it could be
1: anything. So it couldn't. It, it definitely isn't this podcast. It's it's definitely something else. In a word, yeah. wax. <laughs>
0: and I, I have I have an inside joke I want to share. This is only for my own amusement. As I pulled up this next story, there's an advertisement that says, "Get rid of your mole problem." <laughs> I, somebody accused me of being a mole the other day and I think that's hilarious that that popped up. Anyway
1: <laughs> The
0: Florida Wildlife Control Specialist shared video from the capture of an eight and a half foot boa constrictor found slithering loose uh, Scott Flavell of uh, Scott's Animal Services said he responded to a report of a large snake on the loose in Lehigh Acres. This is in Florida, of course. And he arrived to find mm-hmm. the animal was a red-tailed boa constrictor, a non-venomous species native to South America. Uh, Flavel uh, said that the snake was likely a pet that either escaped or was released by its owner. The eight and a, mm-hmm. fo- eight and a half foot reptile weighed in at about 60 pounds. Holy crap. That is a snake. That's a lot of Yeah, snake. that's... There's some there's some nasty things in Florida.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, as soon as you started the story, I was kind of like, I, I bet it's Florida. I bet. Cause, I mean, there's <laughs> a lot of weird things going on there, you know? Uh, I, I I thought you were going to mention something about Florida Man. You know, there's a, a man out there in Florida who's apparently just a beast. Every crazy story that comes out of Florida it starts with a Florida man so oh, yeah. I don't know oh, if it's yeah. just one guy doing all this but whenever something no, from Florida comes up I, I imagine it's a man just rubbing his yeah. hands together doing something crazy you know? hold
0: yeah. Yeah, my beer Junior yeah, <laughs> exactly. gonna do something exactly. crazy
1: <laughs> yeah like every time it's and then what I'm starting to think with Florida, too, is like every time there is a crazy Florida story, there's another guy reading it or hearing about it. He's like, oh, you think that's nuts? Yeah, check this out. Yeah, hold my beer. Whoa.
0: Exactly. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> always – that's a copycat Florida story, right? That copycat uh-huh. Florida man is the problem. Is it's the original yeah, think, yeah. Florida man. Yeah, he's just the one guy. It's all the copycats that are creating the issue.
1: I think so. Yeah, I think the original Florida man, with all the crazy things that he's been attached to, he might have already died in a in a hail of bullets or something. I don't know. It's always <laughs> it's, something it with this Florida man. What's going on, Floyd? What's going on? <laughs> what are you doing down
0: there? That That is a possibility. That is a possibility. But I, I actually... I, I lived in Florida for a while in my early 20s, mm-hmm. and I actually think that uh, it's not just one person. <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole lot that. of crazy down there.
1: Yeah, my roommate, uh, I think he has, like, family in Florida or something like that, so he went to go check out his folks down there, and he's just saying, like, like, dude, there's, like, a lot of crazy people in Florida. Oh, like, yeah. A lot. Like, everybody's weird, and, like, you know, he went last month for Thanksgiving, and so I'm pretty sure Florida is beautiful in November. He was showing us pictures and everything. It looked really great. But he was anxious to get back to Ohio because everybody is <laughs> nuts. So.
0: That's, yeah, there's uh, one of my favorite Florida stories I was actually there for. Well, I wasn't there when it happened, but I got called in in the aftermath. I was a manager at a, uh, at a hotel down there in West Palm Beach. And I got yeah. called at 2 o'clock in the morning because somebody fell through our lobby ceiling. What? Yeah, I'm not gonna tell the whole story because it's it's long and crazy, but somebody fell our lobby ceilings were eighteen feet high and Whoa. we had marble floors and this guy landed on his head, Man. jumped up and ran out the door.
1: <laughs> Was he like at least a little bit concussed or whatever? Did he wobble out of there? Or oh. did he just like
0: Dart out. I don't know. He was he was on something pretty pretty. He was on some pretty good stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, hey, whatever allows you to function after falling eighteen feet and you just get up and dart out, yo, hook me up, you know, <laughs> hook me up. Where's the yeah. guy?
0: Where's the guy at?
1: You oh know? yeah. <laughs> That's nuts. That is nuts.
0: Yeah, and I, and I get this call and I'm like, You guys are they're messing with me. I don't even want to hear this. I'm tired. And they're like, No, we need you to come in. And I go in, <laughs> sure enough, there's a hole in the lobby ceiling, and I'm thinking this is the craziest state I've ever lived in.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, you know, not to get gross or anything, but like, was there at least like any blood? Did he like no. sustain any sort of like injury?
0: No, nothing. What? I mean I don't know what happened to him exactly but there wasn't there uh, was nothing and there was nothing but plaster on the floor in there.
1: I was just going to say like I mean aside from you know the, the the plaster and everything that happened after the the fall uh, there wasn't any sort of Blood or anything? None, none that, I, right.
0: none that I saw. Of course, I I didn't see the dude that fell. They kind of carted him off pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh. actually, he carted himself off because he jumped into a yeah. police cruiser that was running, that was going down the road. He jumped uh, okay. in and said, "Somebody's chasing me." It's like, well, yeah, you just fell through our ceiling. Our night auditors right. chasing your
1: ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's the, chasing you a receipt for that scene <laughs> man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's Florida. The Florida stories, they they are real.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I believe it. I totally believe it. Cause I mean, I've been there once, like uh, to like Universal Studios, just sort of Orlando, and it it was nice there. And I was young, so I didn't really get to venture out as much as I I would at you know 36. But um, I can totally believe there's some nuts up there. I believe it.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Speaking of crazy things, uh, kangaroos can learn to communicate with humans similar to how domesticated dogs do. By using their gaze to uh, point and ask for help, researchers said in a study published on Wednesday, the study involved 11 kangaroos that lived in captivity but had not been domesticated. Ten of the 11 marsupials intently gazed at researchers when they were unable to open a box of food, according to the report. (laughs) I don't know that that's really communicating. It's more like, you know, open this damn thing. It's a box. You have opposable thumbs. I don't. Exactly. Uh, nice. They
1: were just kind of giving him the really look, like really, just gonna. Right. Um, <laughs> so we be hanging here. You guys got hands. I got, paws. I mean, I got a pouch. I can definitely put it in there. But
0: yeah,
2: you guys, you know, For later, it but
1: <laughs> yeah, you got to open it first. You got to help it. The kangaroo was pretty much like, you guys are leaving me hanging.
0: You yeah. know. And, I guess that, and that is means, in a way communicating. It just seemed like it was a I lot guess. more in depth communication from what the study shit said. You know.
1: Yeah, I would have thought that the animal just, you know, really spoke like on some, you know, kangaroo Jack type, of, type <laughs> of thing, you know? Like, if it's just giving you the look, I guess you can call that communicating, but,
0: right, you know, right. every animal
1: weirds at yeah, other yeah. animals, other people.
0: Yeah. Especially when they're hungry and they can't get to the food and they know that you, they've seen you open boxes. They can They know you can get to it.
1: Exactly. They're but yeah, like, I, I was
0: expecting some like crocodile Dundee kind of Australian accent. <laughs> so, hey, get, help me open this box. I can't quite get it, there.
1: Right, right. quite uh, you know, I won't open. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> it, well, I don't know what I'm doing with this. I, I can't get my fingers around it. I don't right. know.
1: That's, it's. Uh, I don't. I mean, like you said, I guess it's communicating. But you know, we've all gotten the look. Or the weir, you know, from an animal or a person, they're just kind of yo, you know, help me out here, you know, I'm dying
0: over here, I'm hungry. So, yeah, you know I, I, mean? I think, I think there's, uh, I, I think they're reading a little too much into it. I don't know, right?
1: Because now I'm kind of curious. Now, like, does that mean since you know they kind of communicate like dogs, I can get a pet kangaroo now? Is that like a thing? You know,
0: I think there a are one? some states that's actually legal. You, you can, you can own a kangaroo. I wouldn't want one because they'll kick the crap out of you.
1: Well, yeah, I would. I mean, if I ever had a pet kangaroo, I would try to teach it how to cage fight, you know, <laughs> you know make some money. Was, you know, because kangaroos are probably expensive anyway, you know, for to maintain it. I'm like, look, man, you got to go to work. You got those feet, You got the jumping. You know, yeah. all you got to do is train you. And I think you might be honest up to anybody. <laughs> You yeah, might be kangaroo, uh, money kangaroo
0: money. food ain't gonna buy itself. That's
1: exactly. I mean, for the whole upkeep of a kangaroo, you know, you're gonna need some serious income. So, I think I'll probably yeah. spend most of my money on buying the kangaroo. As far as like, you know, feeding it and maintaining it, that's gonna. Hey, I'm putting him to work. <laughs> I'm gonna put him to work.
0: Yeah, Hanging and I, I, I want to see. Stuff. I, I want to see the TV series Kangaroo King. That's what. That's yeah. what I'm waiting to see. I think that would be fabulous.
1: We get us uh you know, some really spicy love triangles. You know, murder <laughs> plots. Right, They're right. All in right. Those kangaroos. So that would be pretty dope. Be pretty dope.
0: Yeah. Did Carol Baskin feed her husband to the kangaroos? I, I don't know. It's, it's all <laughs> yeah. kinds of all kinds of weird ways that show can go.
1: All right, so, you know, before we change gear, let me just ask you, do you think she killed her husband, man?
0: Absolutely. So? Absolutely.
1: I think so, too. I think we can all agree <laughs> that, yeah, she probably definitely – because, like, they show video of of, of homie, and he seemed like was just a really regular, nice old guy. And, yep. you know, he had him a nice young – at the time, she was young. he was hot. She she was down bad. She needed some money. She found out that he was going to leave her. Why not feed him two tires?
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There, there, there's enough suspicion in there. That's, it's, it's pretty obvious. It's, it I, don't that, I
1: don't know. That damn Carol Baskin, you know, <laughs> he just, he <laughs> was milking it. He knew it, it was her. He knew it was her. And I, I believe it. I think Joe was, was right. And oh, yeah. I don't trust her. Don't yeah. trust her. We,
0: we all knew it was her. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm sure <laughs> I, I, I have not found the Carol Baskin supporters yet.
1: Mm-mm,
0: mm-mm. Everybody I've talked to is like, oh, yeah, she did it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I have yet to meet anybody who came to her defense and, you know, was thrown on the cape to say, hey, that's not true. This exactly.
0: just sounds plausible. In, in, in fact, if anybody out there is a Carol Baskin supporter, please send an email to thelife1069 at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. I want to hear your side and why you think Carol Baskin is innocent. Yes, because please. I, I I will bring you on the show for a segment to interview you about it.
1: And, and if and if you happen to find one, you know, you know my number. Give me a call. I got to hear this cuz oh, I yeah. really... oh, yeah. I I'll,
0: I'll have you back on. If if I get a Carol Baskin supporter, I'll have you back on. We can we can both we can both grill that guest.
1: Bet. Because <laughs> I mean, for a while I was like obsessed with that show and uh you know, my ex-girl was like really like why are you into the show? I'm like, it is so good. It is so good. You just don't know it yet. I like just watch one episode, and I think it was like the first episode. And I'm like just saw, you know, just foaming at the mouth because it's so juicy. And she's just looking like, oh, what is this? You know, I enjoyed it, and I'm
0: see, I see. I watched that. it. I watched it kind of because I was expected to. I mean, if if you're if you're gonna still do comedy you have to kind of keep up on the big trends like that
1: that's exactly right I felt obligated to watch it because right. of the memes and the coverage of what that was going on so I'm like right. that's that's, no, why I was, I you know,
0: that's why I started that's why I started watching it and it ended up being so grotesquely fascinating like a train it wreck was, you have it was
1: to so good. It. like I was just I was trying to put everybody on the Tiger King like you see, see Target like uh <laughs> You know, at one point, you know, after the first episode, I just looked at her and I'm like, just giving her the kangaroo look, like you know, we gotta watch another one, right? So she's like, all right, fine, let's let's do it. So we binge the whole thing, and at the end, she just kind of looked like, I guess she just gave me like, I guess I really think it's kind of stupid, but if you're into it, you know, yeah, what? I'm, our- I'm all for it. I loved it. She just looked at me like I was crazy. She called it my uh, stupid tiger show. And this was she, <laughs> stupid tiger show. Like, hey, it's called Tiger King. You would not disrespect Joe Exotic like that. So
0: I, I you know, don't. I don't know. I don't know. I enjoyed it, but I still think stupid tiger shows a fairly apt description. Yeah, I think.
1: I mean, when she called it that, I had to just give her the. You're right, but.
0: Yeah. The and you time. had to jump to it the defense was... a little bit, I guess.
1: But... I had to. I mean, because I think he's just a crazy character. Like, oh, yeah. the fact that he wasn't making any of this up. I, I think
0: yeah, he's You, you just can't like, write a character that real.
1: That was my whole thing, too. So, you know, I think at one point she even asked when he was, you know, I guess what running for governor or something. Like, this <laughs> really, really happening. I'm like, I'm, I'm just pointing at the TV. Like, you see it. You see it. This is exactly what this guy is about, and it's, like, in a word, fascinating. Yes. Anything but whack. I would just definitely say fascinating for sure. Straight up. All
0: right. Well, I'm going to give you a couple minutes. If you have any social media, websites, anything you want to throw out, uh, this is your time to go ahead and do that.
1: All right. Well, um, you can follow me on uh, Instagram at Stevie underscore J underscore from. That's F-R-U-M, then another underscore, round the way, all one word. I will be changing that shortly because it's kind of confusing. And uh, if you follow me on uh, Instagram, you'll also see the link to my YouTube channel. I'm going to be doing that, uh, giving it a facelift very shortly. So it's going to be a shortened name for Instagram and more content on YouTube by uh, the end of the year, early next year for sure. Absolutely.
0: All right. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. It's great getting to know you. I am definitely going to have to get out to Columbus for some comedy soon.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, definitely you check out the show. But uh,
0: yeah, you got gotcha. to. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And thanks for listening to the Life Radio Show. Like I keep telling you guys, if you're going to keep me listening to me, I'm just going to keep making them. All right. Have a great night.
1: Me, a brutal presence.
0: Hey, hey, hey.